Hey, my name is Chelsea and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram at Chelsea N Coaching to learn more. Okay, let's get to this week's episode. Hi, everyone. So today I want to walk through a, your guide on time blocking your schedule. I'm so excited to talk about this because it has such a powerful tool, and I think it's such a quintessential time management strategy. It comes up in every time management productivity book, and blog, and article about how the most efficient and effective people get their work done. But in my coaching experience and in my personal life, I was really resistant to block scheduling at first. I worried that it's not realistic. It's hard to keep you know, on task for any one particular thing, especially when you are a natural multitasker like I am. And I just worried about there's going to be interruptions and you know, I was going to lose focus and it wasn't going to work for me. So that all changed when I became a nonprofit consultant because the way that that job is structured is that you're assigned a client for so many hours a week or a month. And so my day stopped being, you know, working from nine to five and you have to get so many things done in that day to making sure that I'm hitting these hour markers and really using that, those hours really efficiently and effectively so that I could deliver the most value to my clients. And depending on the client, the time would be blocked out in, in different ways. I could either dedicate one whole day to a certain client, but that never really worked. So you really wanted to, more often than not, you broke up the, the hours throughout the week to make sure that you could attend their meetings and things that you needed to. And so making sure that I was tracking those hours and blocking out that time became really, really important. And that is what ultimately converted me to being a huge fan of time blocking my schedule. So in today's episode, I want to walk through some of the myths of time blocking or some of the resistance that I hear when I'm talking to clients about why it's so important to block your schedule. I also want to talk through all of the reasons of why you should try it and the benefits of using the schedule. And then I'll walk you through the steps of actually how to implement this into your life and start experimenting with how those blocks are going to look, how they're going to shift, and why my approach is a little bit different than some of the things that I've seen from other time management and productivity experts. So the first myth that I often hear is that it's impossible to predict how long things will take. And so obviously one of the key tenets to time blocking is estimating how long something is going to take you. So for example, if you block out two hours every Monday to create content for your business, can you realistically write a blog post, a newsletter, and schedule three to four Instagram posts within that time? The only way you're going to know how long things take is by tracking that time. So start by doing a little bit of a time tracker exercise for a week or two to start seeing how long things are going to take you. How much can you get done if you block out that time? 
if you aren't ready to block it out yet, just write down where you spend your time throughout the week in 15 minute increments, if you can, even if you want to get more specific, all the better. But I think it will be a really great opportunity for you to start estimating more appropriately how long things are going to take so that as you're building that block schedule, you can feel confident that the time you're setting aside, you can do all of those things you need to. And you can also experiment with when you're doing certain type of work. So for example, maybe you're super focused in the morning and can write a blog post in 30 minutes if you do it right first thing in the morning at 8 a.m. But if you wait until 3 p.m., it will take you an hour because you're losing steam, you're less focused, you're more easily distracted. So taking this first week or so to really experiment and track your time will ultimately allow you to have a more successful block schedule in the future. The second myth I hear often or resist piece of resistance I hear often is that you are used to seeing a block schedule in these like really strict 15 minute increments. And these hyper-focused blocked schedules are a recipe for stress and disaster because as soon as one thing gets off schedule, your whole day is thrown off and you haven't left yourself any time to adjust or to have that wiggle room for the thing that comes up or or the thing that just takes a little bit longer than you think you will. Or oftentimes people forget to, you know, add time to eat or to take a break within those hyper-focused schedules. So when I coach my clients on box scheduling, we start by brainstorming all of the kind of big blocks of work and life that they have throughout their day and build your block schedule with these bigger blocks. And I recommend that blocks are a minimum of an hour long and you don't necessarily get more specific about what needs to happen within that block on your calendar because that's where your to-do list comes into practice and as a partnership with your schedule. And I also recommend that there's plenty of white space in your calendar to account for those unexpected delays or new and urgent tasks. And the third myth uh, or piece of resistance that I often hear is that the block schedule needs to be the same every single week. And so I'm always curious about people who say, I only record podcasts on Tuesdays. And I think to myself, what if you have a guest that only records podcasts on Wednesdays? Do you just never interview that person? You just never connect? And so I think when we start holding those really hard lines on our schedules, we miss out on opportunities. And so there needs to be some flexibility. And I really want to be clear here that you don't always need to accommodate other people's schedules and there needs to be some boundaries and as much as you can manipulate your schedule to fit your ideal day as possible, I encourage you to try to do. But at the end of the day, you're not necessarily going to be able to have the same exact Monday every single week. And I think that also, at least for myself, while I do love a good routine, it can get kind of boring. So I do my time block and I do my weekly planning every week. And so my Mondays and my Tuesdays and my Thursdays might all look a little bit different every single week, but the 
point is that I do that time blocking every single week and I know how long things are going to take. So it's really just a matter of reshuffling the blocks rather than creating a whole new calendar or schedule every single week that's really detailed and hyper-focused and accommodates everybody else's schedule but my own. And so the reason that I love time blocking and that I encourage my clients to try it, five reasons. The first is that it allows you to refocus faster. And so what I mean by that is if you have a time block, let's say two hours to write content and something interrupts you in that time, you get a phone call that you have to take. When When that interruption is over, you are able to refocus much faster as to what you need to be working on because you're not looking at your to-do list and trying to decide, oh, I only really have time to do this and where can I fit this in? You know that you're still in your content block and so you need to get right back into creating content. The second reason I recommend people try this is that they can see where there are opportunities throughout their day to maximize their time. And if things are, you know, as I mentioned before, maybe it's a matter of you writing that blog post first thing in the morning rather than in the afternoon. And all you need to do is switch a couple things around. You're going to see those opportunities to improve efficiency and effectiveness and also to take breaks, right? Maybe you block out your whole week and realize that you can end your day at two o'clock on Friday if you stick to those blocks and are really, you know, focused on what you need to get done in that time. I mean, how cool is that? And I, it's, it's amazing to see where you are avoiding some of those, those like little random blocks of time that I, I hate, right? I hate the 15 minutes between a meeting. Um, I try to use them most efficiently, but in all honesty, sometimes they're just like opportunity for distraction, right? And so, you can really see where stacking things in a certain way can allow you to end your day earlier or end your week earlier. In a similar vein, creating a block schedule helps you avoid context switching. So context switching is when you're jumping from different types of tasks. It can take up to 20, 30 minutes to come back or to re, uh, re-engage your brain into the same level of focus once it's broken, that concentration on a particular task. So that's why I talk about things like batching your content creation or batching client calls, um, putting all of your administration tasks together, right? Because it allows you to just get in that mode, get in that mindset and really stick into your lane so that you aren't uh, having to account for the time wasted by switching and multitasking and getting distracted between tasks. You can better utilize your energy and focus. So thinking about what time of day you like to have your meetings. I personally really like to have meetings in the morning because I am more focused in the afternoons. So if I can lump my meetings in the morning that I know that I can have a clear uninterrupted afternoon. And that's really, really important to me. And I do my best to set up my schedule that way. But if I can't do that, then I try to at least stack my client meetings so that I have a day of meetings and I have day uninterrupted to get work done. 
but you can start to think about that and find areas of opportunity where your energy and focus match the task that you need to be doing uh, at any given time. And it helps you prioritize. It helps you see what those, we'll call them big blocks. And I talk about that a little bit later, but what those big blocks are, and you put those in first. You put sleep in, you put time with your family, you put exercising and self-care in first when you're creating a block schedule so that you know that those are the most important things and you can, and you know you have time for them because they're blocked off on your, on your schedule. So the steps to create a block schedule or, or time block is for time blocking is starting with a list of activities. So this is where it's not on the schedule, it's on a piece of paper. You list all of the things that you need to get done throughout the course of the day or the week. That can be administrative tasks, sleep, your morning and evening routine, time with your family, meetings, uh, creating content, right? Listing all of the themes of the tasks that you have to do uh, on any given day or week. Then you estimate how long you think those things are going to take. Um, if you do an hour workout, you want to make sure that you're giving yourself relief probably closer to two hours um, because if, especially if you need to commute there or um, if you need to prepare anything or hopefully shower afterwards, right? Like you want to kind of give yourself some additional time to account for the full routine, the full activity. So that's step one. Step two is to evaluate your, your energy. Again, I mentioned that I am much more focused in the afternoons. And so that's when I like to block off time for me to schedule content, record blog, uh, podcasts, episodes, write blogs, um, do more of my deep work is in the afternoon. So I like to schedule my meetings in the morning. If you are opposite, maybe you want opposite, right? Maybe you want your mornings free. So that, that's when you're most focused and most clear and you can... Um, hopefully adjust your schedule as such. Another thing that I've recognized about myself is that I really don't enjoy getting up and going on a workout or going for a run. I cannot hit the floor and, and get out for a run. I need to warm up to that. So I've adjusted my schedule and it took me a long time to figure this out and wondering why I continue to fail at being someone who works out in the mornings until I finally recognized that if I just woke up a little bit earlier and had my cup of coffee, did my journaling, um, took my time a little bit with getting ready or checked my emails. If I, if I just did some really easy morning routine stuff before my workout, then I was good to go. And I could absolutely get my workout in, in the morning. So it does require some experimentation. It does require you to be observant without judgment about yourself and your habits and where you want to see those things change. The third thing you're going to do is put in the unmovables. So these are um, meetings that you have to attend, appointments you have to be at, your sleep schedule, I would hold, or any of those self-care activities. Put in the things that can't change throughout that week. Um, I like to color those in with a certain color um, just so that they pop out. And I know that if I need to 
adjust something, that those aren't things that I can adjust. But we start there because it's important to, to make sure that we're holding space for the things that, that we can't change there. The next step is to put in all those big rocks, right? Put in the pieces of your business or the time blocks that you've identified that are most important. And I also like to think about where and how I stack these. So as many of you know, I not only have my my business, Chelsea Neumeyer LLC, as a time management productivity strategist, but I also am a nonprofit consultant working with clients. And so I like to block time before and after client meetings. So every Tuesday I have a client meeting. That's our time, our weekly check-in appointment. And so I like to block the hour before and the hour after that client meeting to just focus on that client. And I know that that meeting time is going to interrupt my workflow, but it keeps me in the headspace of like, okay, this is client one time. I'm going to just focus on that. And it feels more efficient and effective because then I'm not jumping into this meeting and then jumping to another client and then jumping to another client. It keeps me kind of in that one headspace. So as much as you can work those things together, um, again, this goes back to that context switching, group like things together as much as you possibly can so that you are able to stay focused and stay in the brain space of working on that one specific task. Once the big rocks are in place, you may have some gaps of time. And those are those are your smaller rocks. That can also be white space, right? That can also be um, flex time as you need it. Leaving yourself white space in your week is really, really important for those things that come up or things that take a little bit too long, as I mentioned. It can also be flex time in terms of like, I like to think of it as bonus time. I get this 30 minutes to do whatever I want with it. And maybe it's a great day and I'm feeling super productive and I want to get more work done, or maybe I'm not feeling it and I want to take a little bit of a longer lunch or a longer break. So make sure that you are giving yourself the time and space you need to, to be flexible, to, to be thoughtful about how you're going to feel for your week. Again, the recipe for disaster in a time blocked schedule is when things are hyper strict, hyper focused, hyper scheduled, because that's where, again, things just get really off track. You want to be able to give yourself flexibility. You don't want to overload any one block with a ton of work to do that just makes you feel bad when that block's over um, because you didn't get anything done. So trust that this will require some practice. Took me quite a bit of time to get a good hang of, of what to do. Um, it also requires some discipline in terms of staying focused on that block. So not getting distracted by an email that pops up that's off topic or by a client request or things like that as much as you can. Really keep the blocks sacred, right? Really keep focus on what you've set that time aside to do. And like I said, it's going to be something that gets better over time. You need to trust that it's an experiment, trust that it's going to continue to change and be flexible and grace offer grace to yourself um, in terms of getting it right 
because once you do, it's a game changer in terms of time management and productivity. So if you have any questions or suggestions about time blocking, I would love to hear them. Don't hesitate to send me a DM at Chelsea N Coaching on Instagram or shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. Talk to you soon.